Good morning, St. James. Uh, welcome to our Bible readings and our sermon uh, on this Trinity Sunday. Uh, we're going to start with our Old Testament reading, which is from the book of Isaiah. It's chapter 6 and verses 1 to 8. It was in the year King Isaiah died that I saw the Lord. He was sitting on a lofty throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Attending him were mighty seraphim, each having six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they flew. They were calling out to each other, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of heaven's armies. The whole earth is filled with his glory. Their voices shook the temple to its foundations, and the entire building was filled with smoke. Then I said, It's all over. I am doomed, for I am a sinful man. I have filthy lips. I live amongst a people with filthy lips. Yet I have seen the King, the Lord of heaven's armies. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a burning coal he had taken from the altar with a pair of tongs. He touched my lips with it and said, See, this coal has touched your lips. Now your guilt is removed and your sins are forgiven. Then I heard the Lord asking, Whom should I send as a messenger to this people? Who will go for us? I said, Here I am. Send me. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And our Gospel reading is from John chapter 3, verses 1 to 17. There was a man named Nicodemus, a Jewish religious leader who was a Pharisee. After dark one evening, he came to speak with Jesus. Rabbi, he said, we all know that God has sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. What do you mean? exclaimed Nicodemus. How can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the Spirit. Humans can re reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So don't be surprised when I say, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it wants. Just as you can hear the wind, but can't tell where it comes from or where it is going. So you can't explain how people are born of the Spirit. How are these things possible? Nicodemus asked. Jesus replied, you are a respected Jewish teacher, and yet you don't understand these things? I assure you, we tell you what we know and have seen, and yet you won't believe our testimony. But if you don't believe me when I tell you about earthly things, how can you possibly believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ever gone to heaven and returned, but the Son of Man has come down from heaven. And as Moses lifted up the bronze snake on a pole in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, so that everyone who believes in him will have eternal life. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God sent his Son into the world not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So as we come to listen to God 
as he speaks through his word to us. Uh, let's pray. Let's ask for his help. Almighty God, we praise you for your word and for the gift of your Holy Spirit to interpret it and lead us into your truth. Would you fill us again with your life and your strength to hear your voice speaking to our hearts? Amen. So, uh, it's Trinity Sunday. I'm just going to check that my mobile phone isn't going to ping while we talk. Uh, it's Trinity Sunday. Last week was Pentecost Sunday. Uh, I don't normally follow Twitter very much, but there was an encouraging message on there for anyone preaching this weekend. And it just said, because even though it is Trinity Sunday, it doesn't mean you have to explain the Trinity. So... Uh, Given that, I'm not going to try to explain the Trinity, but I am going to talk about it. Uh, Our readings are about uh, seeing God in all of his glory, all of his fullness. Uh, And the Christian belief is that uh, God is, uh, is one God, but in three parts, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. So let's take a look at our readings and then have a think about what this might mean for us. Uh, certainly in uh, Isaiah, you have this vision of God, which just gets across uh, the majesty and the glory of God. You have uh, he this vision of God sitting on a throne and the train of his robe fills the temple. There are angels there that that their voices shake the temple as they call out, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of Heaven's army. Uh, There is this sense of the power of God. uh, And Isaiah sees this uh, for himself. Of course, he immediately panics. Anyone through the Bible who sees something of the divine, sees an angel, uh, sees something of God's glory, generally the response is fear. The response is, I can't cope. And Isaiah is the same. Isaiah says, I'm doomed. I'm, I'm not clean. I'm not holy. I'm not worthy of being in the presence of a God like this. And there is no hope for me. And then you have this, this image of one of the coals from the altar being brought with a pair of tongs by an angel and touching his lips. And they're just saying, well, now your lips are clean because You've been touched by God. That sense of this almighty God has mercy to cleanse and forgive us from from those things that would make us hide away. Those things would make us say, we can't we can't be near God. We can't we can't do this. God forgives that. God takes that away. And then you have this this snapshot at the end of of Isaiah overhearing God. God saying, we need to send someone to talk to this people. Who shall we send? And Isaiah's voice going, here I am. Send me. And of course, we have that in our uh, in a hymn that we sing. Uh, but it's just that I love. Isaiah goes from fear to receiving forgiveness from God and and daring 
to put himself forward and say, God, please use me. Let me let me go. Now, uh, I love Isaiah 6, but is it about the Trinity? It's about God's glory. It's about God's majesty. It's about who God is and what Isaiah saw. Um, but there's only one. There is only one Lord. There is one God seated on the throne. OK, so. Let's take the glory of God and Isaiah's vision and let's go to uh, John chapter 3. And Nicodemus, uh, a religious teacher, a Pharisee, coming to meet with Jesus uh, at night, coming to see him when it's dark. Now, uh, it's worth noting, as uh, I always do when we look at John chapter 3, that throughout the Gospel of John, light and dark is a huge thing. Uh, God is light. God is in the light. Uh, and the, the world is darkness. The darkness wants to overcome the light, but it can't. So Nicodemus coming at night shows where he is. It shows that Nicodemus is still in the dark. He's groping around. He has not come to the light. He's not willing to come and see Jesus during the day uh, in the sight of other people. I, if you think, Nicodemus begins the conversation saying, Rabbi, we all know that God has sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. Well, if that's the case, if everyone knows it, why is he hiding? Why is he coming when it's dark and no one can see? And so you have this lovely exchange where Jesus just... <coughs> confuses Nicodemus and just says to him things that that we look and we take as red but Nicodemus is baffled what what is this rabbi talking about Jesus replies I tell you the truth unless you are born again you cannot see the kingdom of God and Nicodemus is like but, 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 that, that, that doesn't make sense how can someone who's old go back to his mother's womb and be born again it doesn't work God says well you have to be born of water and the spirit Humans give birth to human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. And so you have this sense of the breadth of God coming in, where Jesus is talking about God's spirit. God is he's talking about um, that which we cannot see, but which shakes the trees uh, and which we can hear and see evidence of all around us. The Holy Spirit gives people new life. You have to be born of, of water, you have to be born as a, as a human, but you need to be born spiritually of the Holy Spirit as well. Uh, and of course, for Nicodemus, uh, it, it doesn't make sense. All he can say is, how are these things possible? And um, I imagine from his point of view, there's a little bit of distress, a little bit of upset that he's recognised that Jesus is from God. He's recognised that Jesus is a, a divinely inspired teacher and someone that he can learn from. But instead of being given the teaching that he's after, he's being told that what he wants, he can't get. He can't organise, he can't make it happen. He's got to rely on something that he, he can't see and doesn't know. Now, bear in mind, when we talk about the Spirit of God, 
all through the Old Testament, the Spirit of God comes on a particular person for a particular task. So through the book of Judges, the Spirit of God comes on Samson and he has the strength and he fights. Uh, the Spirit of God comes upon Saul and suddenly he begins prophesying. Um, the Holy Spirit comes to empower someone for a task and then it leaves. There is that sense of you know, one person may carry the anointing of God and that is it. Now we live post-Pentecost uh, and we are used to well, we've just heard uh, in the most re in last week Peter saying, uh, this is what the prophet Joel meant when he said, I will pour out my spirit on all peoples, says the Lord. So we have this sense of Holy Spirit being for everyone and in everyone. But for Nicodemus, that's not true. God's anointed is filled with God's spirit. Not, not everyone, not an ordinary person like him. That How can that be? That makes no sense and he says so leaving Jesus to say you are a respected teacher and you don't understand these things how how are you going to teach anyone else about them and then we have uh, the line that we all know for this is how God loved the world he gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but will have eternal life God sent his son to the world not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. So you have God sending the son to save the world and the Holy Spirit coming and bringing new life to those who believe in Jesus. And so we have this amazing God that Isaiah has a vision of. Uh, and in John 3, we have this sense of that God being Father, Son and Spirit working together, working in harmony, different jobs, distinctive roles, um, but interdependent, relying on each other. None of them can do without any of the others. And of course, Nicodemus can't get down this. Now, it's worth noting, uh, although it's part of our reading, that uh, there is grace for Nicodemus. Uh, we see him at the end of the gospel coming with Joseph of Arimathea to collect Jesus' body and to take it and put it into a tomb. So Nicodemus, by the end, has clearly found his way into the light, into those who are following Jesus. Um, it's just this is the passage that we associate with him more. Um, I'm sure he has something to say about that, but um, we'll deal with that when we see him in heaven. But we have this Trinitarian God, this creator, saviour and sustainer. This, this, oh, God in three, which we can't understand. Now, where do we go with this? Apart from being grateful that Father God has saved us by the Son and given us new life by his Holy Spirit. What does this mean for us? Well, for me, uh, what I love from our passages is the fact that Isaiah wrote down his vision. There is something about our understanding of God which is enriched because Isaiah was given a vision of God in his temple and he wrote it down. And he said, in this year, the year that King Isaiah died, I saw the Lord. 
and he wrote it down and it's been preserved for thousands of years for us to know this was what Isaiah saw. Now in the book of Daniel we have a different picture of God. Jesus uses different metaphors when he describes Father God. In fact when he describes the Holy Spirit in this passage he talks about the wind blowing through the trees. So my question to you is uh, have you had a vision of God? Uh, if you haven't then you join a club that I'm part of but I know people who have had a vision of Jesus and they're part of St James. So I love that there are people amongst our community who as they have prayed, as they have walked with Jesus, God has given them glimpses of who he is, um, of what he is like. So I, I don't want to name people uh, because I don't want to make people feel awkward. Uh, but you will know who you are. The fact is, when we share those testimonies, when we share those stories, it lifts people's faith, it lifts people's spirits that um, you're not crazy believing in God. Other people have these ex spiritual experiences where something of the truth of the Bible is made clear to them in a way they couldn't make happen by themselves. And we hear that and we, we hear the picture of Jesus that they saw and that becomes part of our enlarged understanding of who God is. If in the Bible we only had Isaiah chapter 6 we would have a very particular view of God. If we only had John chapter 3 we would have a different picture of God and so what we need is all these different pictures and we put them together and we continue to expand and grow our knowledge and understanding of who God is. What it means that God sent his only son, God sent himself to live as a person, filled with God's spirit. And then to sacrifice himself, then to be killed for us. Just There's so much mystery in that. If you look at the cross and Jesus on the cross shouting, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And you just think for a moment that Jesus, the son, has left the father in heaven, but constantly communicates with him in prayer. And from his baptism is filled with the Holy Spirit, is filled with the spirit of God, by which power he performs his miracles at the cross father god turns away at the cross god is separated from god that you know we think about the physical pain and suffering but i i i, I can only think about uh, the pain of being separated, two parts of the Trinity, having something driven between them, and what that must have felt like for Jesus as he was dying, and for Father God as he turns away, as he um, allows sin to be punished taking it on himself, taking it on the son. This is a mystery. This is, 
so hard to understand. And yet, as Richard Raw says, the Trinity is uh, a mystery that we can endlessly understand. We can we can grow in our understanding. We can uh, have more of God revealed to us as we explore this. And part of that is that we understand more of God as we learn from each other. We are all filled with God's Holy Spirit. We are all made in the image of God. And so we hear from each other what God means to each one of us. And through hearing that, we are taught. We grow, we learn. Now, St. James, we are blessed. Even when it doesn't feel like it, we are blessed with our different communities, our different cultures, our different languages. If, If you were to look at the songs we sing, you would see that there are different emphases in our different services. As we sing different songs, they they have, at four o'clock, we mostly sing about uh, the victory of God, who he is, what he has achieved, and the life we live now in his strength and his power. At one thirty, we have so many songs saying thank you, reflecting on, what God has done for us, what, is, what he has done, and our gratitude and our response. At 11 o'clock, we have songs where um, we draw close to God, where we recognise that he has opened a way for us to come and stand in his presence. At 9 o'clock, back when we could sing, we would sing hymns filled with biblical truth about who God is, what he is like, what his character is. Uh, and what it means for us to follow him in our everyday lives. Now, are any of those uh, wrong? Of of course not. But are any of those the only right way to approach God in worship? Also, no. But as we worship in our different languages and cultures, we are representing something of the whole nature of God. Now, you know, I've talked about those people who have had a uh, a vision of God. Uh, I just wanted to share my own experience so that you could understand um, where I'm coming from when we talk about God, the Holy Spirit, and something of my story. And I, some of you will have heard me sharing this before. But when I was a teenager, I went on a venture uh, like the ones that Sandra Hall uh, volunteers on. And we would play games and we'd go on uh, trips during the day. And in the evening, we would listen to the gospel. We'd listen to people talking about how Jesus died for us. And I would go every year. And after a couple of years, they realised there were a few of us who went every year. And we'd prayed the prayer. We were Christian. We believed. We went to church. And so they started organising Bible studies for us to help us develop our faith and to grow. And uh, then they started organising sort of worship services that were more about us coming close and singing to God together. And I can remember one of these, we sang the song, um, All Heaven Declares the Glory of the Risen Lord, who can compare with the beauty of the Lord. And it has the line in it, um, forever he will be the lamb upon the throne. I gladly bow the knee and worship him alone. And we were standing there and singing this. And the thought occurred to me as we were singing it. I'm standing up. 
I'm singing, I gladly bow the knee, but I'm standing up. I should kneel down. No one else is kneeling down. Uh, if I kneel down, that's going to look weird, isn't it? I shouldn't kneel down. But and we sang this, we sang this chorus down through um, three or four times. So by the third time, the voice, the, the discussion in my head is getting slightly ridiculous. Like I should kneel down. It's like, but I can't. People are watching. They were not watching. They're doing something else. But they might see. Well, who cares if they see? You're singing. I bow the knee, and you're standing up. Oh, but what? What does it matter if I kneel down? Does God mind if I kneel down? Does wonder? Anyway, by the time we got to the the last verse, uh, something in me just gave way, and I knelt down, and I sang the last verse, kneeling on the floor, um, singing, "I gladly bow the knee and worship you alone." Uh, and as I knelt there, I just felt a, a, an odd warm tingling feeling in my hands and in my chest and I just felt an overwhelming sense of joy there's no no words no particular image or thought I just felt so happy uh, and a few others had a, a similar experience uh, and in all honesty, we were a nightmare for the rest of that week because we were bouncing off the walls. There's a sense that God loved us and he was with us and it was real and everything was great and yay! Um, I mean, this was me when I was 14. I was very bouncy when I was 14. Um, and I remember the rest of that week, the leads desperately trying to say to us, it won't always be like this. This is not what, how the Christian life always is. You need to be prepared for things to to settle down. It's like, yeah, fine, God's great, God's with us, God loves us. Um, and the, the truth is, my relationship with God has been marked by my sense that he is real because when I bowed, when I knelt before him, I felt, diff I felt him with me. And actually that joy and that peace was something that, that I wanted and I wanted to feel it again, and I wanted to know it again. And so therefore, I tried to learn more about it. And I tried to find out how other people uh, met with God. How were they filled with the Spirit? What did that look like? Uh, and so I would do more of that. Now, so that's my experience, and it's different to other people's experience. But as we hear each other's experiences... For me, our faith grows because we're reminded that God is real. You're not the only person who follows Jesus. You're not the only person who's had an experience of praying and feeling different while you were praying or having a sense of, of, of God being with you or a peace that didn't quite make sense with your circumstances. And the more we hear from other people, the better, the, the stronger our faith becomes. Now, as a PCC, we looked at the theology of the Trinity, uh, I think about three years ago now, um, coming out of uh, something uh, Joyce Holiday, uh, well, felt God was saying to her as she prayed, uh, that sense of God being three parts that are equal, that are interdependent, that need each other, uh, that are different, 
but all have the same value and the, the father glorifies the son and the son points to the father and sends the holy spirit and the holy spirit teaches what the son has shared with the spirit and gives glory to the father there's that sense that every part of the trinity loves the other parts of the trinity that this is this is god god is community god is love god is uh connection in that way and at st james we might speak uh English, we might speak Tamil, we might speak uh, Hindi or Gujarati. We are different, but we are equal. We are equally loved. We are equally valued. We are equally filled with God's spirit and God's love. The challenge for us is being brave enough to share with each other what we know of God and being humble enough to listen to what God has done in and through the other groups who are part of St. James. Ali and I speak to clergy on different occasions, different forums, um, and there is always so much respect for the hard work members of St. James have done, making space for each other, giving other people space to worship, uh, allowing those people to... Uh, space who would not worship the way that you would choose to worship yourself that is godly celebrating what is different celebrating what is part of you but not the same as you that is what the trinity does day by day by day god is with us he has poured out his holy spirit upon us so that we can be part of his work, revealing Jesus to the world. And so in the weeks to come, I just encourage you to think about ways you can share your story, uh, people that you could tell, even if it's just me and Ali, about how you've met with Jesus, how Jesus has spoken to you. But also... Um, who you could ask about what God has done in them and through them. Who could you speak to? Who could you learn from? We have such an amazing privilege here to minister in this place amongst so many different people and to learn from them. Uh, as a church, some people were really courageous uh, this time last year after George Floyd died to share what it had been for them to live as uh, to live as black people, to live as different uh, in another society, and some of the pain that had gone with that. Sharing that was hard, but we learned from it, and I think we honoured something of uh, of God as we did it. It's really important that we love one another and part of that is listening to each other learning from each other and sharing ourselves with those who are not like us in the weeks to come we're going to look at one peter and we're going to look at journeying together uh, those sermons can wait i just wanted to say i'm so excited of what god is doing amongst us and to encourage you to be excited too uh, and to share from your own story, 
and to share other people's stories when they offer them with you. Let's pray and thank God for all his gifts to us. Almighty God, thank you that you are three in one. You are Father, you are Son, you are Holy Spirit. Thank you that you are in us and we are in you. Lord, would you remind us of those times and places that you've revealed yourself to us and would you give us courage to share those stories with each other and would you give us grace to listen and learn from those who are not like us. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, I'm off to join our annual church meeting and then to see uh, eight people be baptised in our baptistry. Uh, God is at work even through lockdown. Um, please stay safe, uh, stay in touch and know that God loves you. God bless. Good morning, St James. Uh, welcome to our Bible readings and our sermon uh, on this Trinity Sunday. Uh, we're going to start with our Old Testament reading, which is from the book of Isaiah. It's chapter 6 and verses 1 to 8. It was in the year King Isaiah died that I saw the Lord. He was sitting on a lofty throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Attending him were mighty seraphim, each having six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they flew. They were calling out to each other, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of heaven's armies. The whole earth is filled with his glory. Their voices shook the temple to its foundations, and the entire building was filled with smoke. Then I said, It's all over. I am doomed, for I am a sinful man. I have filthy lips. I live amongst a people with filthy lips. Yet I have seen the King, the Lord of heaven's armies. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a burning coal he had taken from the altar with a pair of tongs. He touched my lips with it and said, See, this coal has touched your lips. Now your guilt is removed and your sins are forgiven. Then I heard the Lord asking, Whom should I send as a messenger to this people? Who will go for us? I said, Here I am. Send me. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And our gospel reading is from John chapter 3, verses 1 to 17. There was a man named Nicodemus, a Jewish religious leader who was a Pharisee. After dark one evening, he came to speak with Jesus. Rabbi, he said, we all know that God has sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. What do you mean? exclaimed Nicodemus. How can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the spirit. Humans can re reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So don't be surprised when I say, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it wants. Just as you can hear the wind 
but can't tell where it comes from or where it is going. So you can't explain how people are born of the Spirit. How are these things possible? Nicodemus asked. Jesus replied, you are a respected Jewish teacher, and yet you don't understand these things? I assure you, we tell you what we know and have seen, and yet you won't believe our testimony. But if you don't believe me when I tell you about earthly things, how can you possibly believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ever gone to heaven and returned, but the Son of Man has come down from heaven. And as Moses lifted up the bronze snake on a pole in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, so that everyone who believes in him will have eternal life. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God sent his Son into the world not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So as we come to listen to God as he speaks through his word to us, uh, let's pray. Let's ask for his help. Almighty God, we praise you for your word and for the gift of your Holy Spirit to interpret it and lead us into your truth. Would you fill us again with your life and your strength to hear your voice speaking to our hearts. Amen. So, uh, it's Trinity Sunday. I'm just going to check that my mobile phone isn't going to ping while we talk. Uh, it's Trinity Sunday. Last week was Pentecost Sunday. Uh, I don't normally follow Twitter very much, but there was an encouraging message on there for anyone preaching this weekend. And it just said, because even though it is Trinity Sunday... It doesn't mean you have to explain the Trinity. So, uh, given that, I'm not going to try to explain the Trinity, but I am going to talk about it. Uh, our readings are about uh, seeing God in all of his glory, all of his fullness. Uh, and the Christian belief is that uh, God is, uh, is one God, but in three parts, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. So let's take a look at our readings and then have a think about what this might mean for us. Uh, certainly in uh, Isaiah, you have this vision of God, which just gets across the majesty and the glory of God. You have uh, he this vision of God sitting on a throne and the train of his robe fills the temple. There are angels there that that their voices shake the temple as they call out holy 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 is the lord of heaven's army uh, there is this sense of the power of god uh, and isaiah sees this uh, for himself and of course he immediately panics anyone through the bible who sees something of the divine sees an angel uh, sees something of god's glory generally the response is fear. The response is, I can't cope. And Isaiah is the same. Isaiah says, I'm doomed. I'm, I'm not clean. I'm not holy. I'm not worthy of being in the presence of a God like this. There is no hope for me. And then you have this 
this image of one of the coals from the altar being brought with a pair of tongs by an angel and touching his lips. And they're just saying, well, now your lips are clean because you've been touched by God. That sense of this almighty God has mercy to cleanse and forgive us from from those things that would make us hide away those things would make us say we can't we can't be near god we can't we can't do this god forgives that god takes that away and then you have this this snapshot at the end of of isaiah overhearing god god saying we need to send someone to talk to this people who shall we send and isaiah's voice going here I am. Send me. And of course we have that in our uh, in a hymn that we sing. Uh, but it's just that I love. Isaiah goes from fear to receiving forgiveness from God and and daring to put himself forward and saying, God, please use me. Let me let me go. Now uh I love Isaiah 6, but is it about the Trinity? It's about God's glory, it's about God's majesty, it's about who God is and what Isaiah saw. Um, but there's only one, there is only one Lord, there is one God seated on the throne. Okay, so let's take the glory of God and Isaiah's vision and let's go to uh, John chapter 3. And Nicodemus uh, a religious teacher, a Pharisee, coming to meet with Jesus uh, at night, coming to see him when it's dark. Now, uh, it's worth noting, as uh, I always do when we look at John chapter 3, that throughout the Gospel of John, light and dark is a huge thing. Uh, God is light. God is in the light. Uh, and the, the world is darkness. The darkness wants to overcome the light, but it can't. So Nicodemus coming at night shows where he is. It shows that Nicodemus is still in the dark. He's groping around. He has not come to the light. He's not willing to come and see Jesus during the day uh, in the sight of other people. If you think Nicodemus begins the conversation saying, Rabbi, we all know that God has sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. Well, if that's the case, if everyone knows it, why is he hiding? Why is he coming when it's dark and no one can see? And so you have this lovely exchange where Jesus just <coughs> confuses Nicodemus and just says to him things that, that we look and we take as red, but Nicodemus is baffled. What, what is this rabbi talking about? Jesus replies, I tell you the truth, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus is like, bah, 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 that, that, that doesn't make sense. How can someone who's old go back to his mother's womb and be born again? It doesn't work. God says, well, you have to be born of water and the spirit. Humans give birth to human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. And so you have this sense of the breadth of God coming in, where Jesus is talking about God's spirit 
God is he's talking about um, that which we cannot see, but which shakes the trees uh, and which we can hear and see evidence of all around us. The Holy Spirit gives people new life. You have to be born of, of water. You have to be born as a, as a human, but you need to be born spiritually of the Holy Spirit as well. Uh, and of course, for Nicodemus, uh, it, it doesn't make sense. All he can say is, how are these things possible? And um, I imagine from his point of view, there's a little bit of distress, a little bit of upset that he's recognised that Jesus is from God. He's recognised that Jesus is a, a divinely inspired teacher and someone that he can learn from. But instead of being given the teaching that he's after, he's being told that what he wants, he can't get. He can't organise, he can't make it happen. He's got to rely on something that he, he can't see and doesn't know. Now, bear in mind, when we talk about the Spirit of God, all through the Old Testament, the Spirit of God comes on a particular person for a particular task. So through the book of Judges, the Spirit of God comes on Samson and he has the strength and he fights. Uh, the Spirit of God comes upon Saul and suddenly he begins prophesying. Um, the Holy Spirit comes to empower someone for a task and then it leaves. There is that sense of you know, one person may carry the anointing of God and that is it. Now we live post-Pentecost uh, and we are used to well, we've just heard uh, in the most re in last week Peter saying, uh, this is what the prophet Joel meant when he said, I will pour out my spirit on all peoples, says the Lord. So we have this sense of Holy Spirit being for everyone and in everyone. But for Nicodemus, that's not true. God's anointed is filled with God's spirit. Not, not everyone, not an ordinary person like him. That How can that be? That makes no sense and he says so leaving jesus to say you are a respected teacher and you don't understand these things how how are you going to teach anyone else about them and then we have uh the line that we all know for this is how god loved the world he gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but will have eternal life God sent his son to the world not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. So you have God sending the son to save the world and the Holy Spirit coming and bringing new life to those who believe in Jesus. And so we have this amazing God that Isaiah has a vision of. Uh, and in John 3, we have this sense of that God being Father, Son and Spirit working together, working in harmony, different jobs, distinctive roles, um, but interdependent, relying on each other. None of them can do without any of the others. And of course, Nicodemus can't get down this. Now, it's worth noting, uh, although it's part of our reading, that uh, there is grace for Nicodemus. Uh, we see him at the end of the gospel coming with Joseph of Arimathea to collect Jesus' body and to take it and put it into a tomb. So Nicodemus, by the end, has clearly found his way into the light, into those who are following Jesus. Um, 
it's just this is the passage that we associate with him more. Um, I'm sure he has something to say about that, but um, we'll deal with that when we see him in heaven. But we have this Trinitarian God, this creator, saviour and sustainer. This, this, oh, God in three, which we can't understand. Now, where do we go with this? Apart from being grateful that Father God has saved us by the Son and given us new life by his Holy Spirit. What does this mean for us? Well, for me, uh, what I love from our passages is the fact that Isaiah wrote down his vision. There is something about our understanding of God which is enriched because Isaiah was given a vision of God in his temple. And he wrote it down. And he said, in this year, the year that King Isaiah died, I saw the Lord. And he wrote it down and it's been preserved for thousands of years for us to know this was what Isaiah saw. Now, in the book of Daniel, we have a different picture of God. Jesus uses different metaphors when he describes Father God. In fact, when he describes the Holy Spirit in this passage, he talks about the wind blowing through the trees. So my question to you is, uh, have you had a vision of God? Uh, if you haven't, then you join a club that I'm part of. But I know people who have had a vision of Jesus. And they're part of St. James. So I love that there are people amongst our community who, as they have prayed, as they have walked with Jesus, God has given them glimpses of who he is, um, of what he is like. So I, I don't want to name people uh, because I don't want to make people feel awkward. Um, but you will know who you are. The fact is, when we share those testaments, when we share those stories, it lifts people's faith, it lifts people's spirits that um, you're not crazy believing in God. Other people have these ex spiritual experiences where something of the truth of the Bible is made clear to them in a way they couldn't make happen by themselves. And we hear that and we, we hear the, the picture of Jesus that they saw and that becomes part of our enlarged understanding of who God is. If in the Bible we only had Isaiah chapter 6, we would have a very particular view of God. If we only had John chapter 3, we would have a different picture of God. And so what we need is all these different pictures. And we put them together and we continue to expand and grow our knowledge and understanding of who God is. What it means that God sent his only son, God sent himself to live as a person, filled with God's spirit. And then to sacrifice himself, then to be killed for us. I just There's so much mystery in that. If you look at the cross and Jesus on the cross shouting, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And you just think for a moment that Jesus, the son, has left the father in heaven, but 
constantly communicates with him in prayer and from his baptism is filled with the Holy Spirit, is filled with the Spirit of God, by which power he performs his miracles. At the cross, Father God turns away. At the cross, God is separated from God. That, you know, we think about the physical pain and suffering, but I, 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 I can only think about uh, the pain of being separated two parts of the Trinity, having something driven between them, and what that must have felt like for Jesus as he was dying, and for Father God as he turns away as he um, allows sin to be punished taking it on himself taking it on the son this is a mystery this is so hard to understand and yet as Richard Raw says the trinity is uh, a mystery that we can endlessly understand we can we can grow in our understanding. We can uh, have more of God revealed to us as we explore this. And part of that is that we understand more of God as we learn from each other. We are all filled with God's Holy Spirit. We are all made in the image of God. And so we hear from each other what God means to each one of us. And through hearing that, we are taught. We grow. We learn. Now, at St. James, we are blessed even when it doesn't feel like it we are blessed with our different communities our different cultures our different languages if if you were to look at the songs we sing you would see that there are different emphases in our different services as we sing different songs they they have at four o'clock we mostly sing about uh, the victory of God, who he is, what he has achieved, and the life we live now in his strength and his power. At 1.30, we have so many songs saying thank you, reflecting on what God has done for us, what, is, what he has done, and our gratitude and our response. At 11 o'clock, we have songs where um, we draw close to God, where we recognise that he has opened a way for us to come and stand in his presence. At nine o'clock, back when we could sing, we would sing hymns filled with biblical truth about who God is, what he is like, what his character is, uh, and what it means for us to follow him in our everyday lives. Now, are any of those uh, wrong? Of course not. But are any of those the only right way to approach God in worship? Also, no. But as we worship in our different languages and cultures, we are representing something of the whole nature of God. Now, you know, I've talked about those people who have had a, uh, a vision of God. Um, I just wanted to share my own experience so that you could understand um, where I'm coming from when we talk about God, the Holy Spirit, and something of my story. And I, some of you will have heard me sharing this before. 
But when I was a teenager, I went on a venture uh, like the ones that Sandra Hall uh, volunteers on. And we would play games and we'd go on uh, trips during the day. And in the evening, we would listen to the gospel. We'd listen to people talking about how Jesus died for us. And I would go every year. And after a couple of years, they realised there were a few of us who went every year. And we'd prayed the prayer. We were Christian. We believed. We went to church. And so they started organising Bible studies for us to help us develop our faith and to grow. And uh, then they started organising sort of worship services that were more about us coming close and singing to God together. And I can remember one of these. We sang the song, um, All Heaven Declares the Glory of the Risen Lord, who can compare with the beauty of the Lord. And it has the line in it, um, Forever he will be the Lamb upon the throne. I gladly bow the knee and worship him alone. And we were standing there and singing this. And the thought occurred to me as we were singing it, I'm standing up. I'm singing, I gladly bow the knee, but I'm standing up. I should kneel down. No one else is kneeling down. Uh, if I kneel down, that's going to look weird, isn't it? I shouldn't kneel down. But And we sang this, we sang this chorus down through um, three or four times. So, by the third time, the voice, the discussion in my head is getting slightly ridiculous. Like, I should kneel down. It's like, but I can't. People are watching. They will not watch. They do something else. But they might see. Well, who cares if they see? You're singing. I bow the knee, and you're standing up. Oh, but what? What does it matter if I kneel down? Does God mind if I kneel down? Does it matter? Anyway, by the time we got to the the last verse, uh, something in me just gave way, and I knelt down. And I sang the last verse, kneeling on the floor, um, singing, I gladly bow the knee and worship you alone. Uh, and as I knelt there, I just felt a, a, an odd, warm, tingling feeling in my hands and in my chest. And I just felt an overwhelming sense of joy. There was no... No words, no particular image or thought. I just felt so happy. Uh, and a few others had a, a similar experience. Uh, and in all honesty, we were a nightmare for the rest of that week because we were bouncing off the walls. There's a sense that God loved us and he was with us and it was real and everything was great and yay! Um, I mean, this was me when I was 14. I was very bouncy when I was 14. Um, and I remember the rest of that week, the leads desperately trying to say to us, it won't always be like this. This is not what, how the Christian life always is. You need to be prepared for things to, to settle down. It's like, yeah, fine, God's great, God's with us, God loves us. Um, and the, the truth is, my relationship with God has been marked by my sense that he is real because when I bowed, when I knelt before him, I felt diff I felt him with me. And actually that joy and that peace was something that that I wanted and I wanted to feel it again and I wanted to know it again. And so therefore I tried to learn more about it. 
and I tried to find out how other people uh, met with God. How were they filled with the Spirit? What did that look like? Uh, and so I would do more of that. Now, so that's my experience, and it's different to other people's experience. But as we hear each other's experiences, for me, our faith grows because we're reminded that God is real. You're not the only person who follows Jesus. You're not the only person who's had an experience of praying and feeling different while you were praying or having a sense of, of, of God being with you or a peace that didn't quite make sense with your circumstances. And the more we hear from other people, the better, the, the stronger our faith becomes. Now, as a PCC, we looked at the theology of the Trinity, uh, I think about three years ago now, um, coming out of uh, something uh, Joyce Holiday, uh, well, felt God was saying to her as she prayed, uh, that sense of God being three parts that are equal, that are interdependent, that need each other, uh, that are different, but all have the same value. And that the Father glorifies the Son, and the Son points to the Father and sends the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit teaches what the Son has shared with the Spirit and gives glory to the Father. There's that sense that every part of the Trinity loves the other parts of the Trinity. That this is this is God. God is community, God is love, God is uh, connection in that way. And at St. James, we might speak uh, English, we might speak Tamil, we might speak uh, Hindi or Gujarati. We are different, but we are equal. We are equally loved, we are equally valued, we are equally filled with God's spirit and God's love. The challenge for us is being brave enough to share with each other what we know of God and being humble enough to listen to what God has done in and through the other groups who are part of St James. Ali and I speak to clergy on different occasions, different forums, um, and there is always so much respect for the hard work members of St James have done making space for each other, giving other people space to worship, uh, allowing those people to, uh, space who would not worship the way that you would choose to worship yourself. That is godly. Celebrating what is different, celebrating what is part of you but not the same as you. That is what the Trinity does day by day by day. God is with us. He has poured out his Holy Spirit upon us so that we can be part of his work, revealing Jesus to the world. And so in the weeks to come, I just encourage you to think about ways you can share your story, uh, people that you could tell, even if it's just me and Ali, about how you've met with Jesus, how Jesus has spoken to you. But also um, who you could ask about what God has done in them and through them. Who could you speak to? Who could you learn from? We have such an amazing privilege here. 
to minister in this place amongst so many different people and to learn from them. Uh, as a church, some people were really courageous uh, this time last year after George Floyd died to share what it had been for them to live as uh, to live as black people, to live as different uh, in another society, and some of the pain that had gone with that. Sharing that was hard, but we learned from it. And I think we honoured something of, uh, of God as we did it. It's really important that we love one another. And part of that is listening to each other, learning from each other and sharing ourselves with those who are not like us. In the weeks to come, we're going to look at 1 Peter and we're going to look at journeying together. Uh, those sermons can wait. I just wanted to say I'm so excited at what God is doing amongst us and to encourage you to be excited too uh, and to share from your own story and to share other people's stories when they offer them with you. Let's pray and thank God for all his gifts to us. Almighty God, thank you that you are three in one. You are Father, you are Son, you are Holy Spirit. Thank you that you are in us and we are in you. Lord, would you remind us of those times and places that you've revealed yourself to us? And would you give us courage to share those stories with each other? And would you give us grace to listen and learn from those who are not like us? We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, I'm off to join our annual church meeting and then to see uh, eight people be baptised in our baptistry. Uh, God is at work even through lockdown. Um, please stay safe, uh, stay in touch and know that God loves you. God bless. Good morning, St James. Uh, welcome to our Bible readings and our sermon. Uh, on this Trinity Sunday, uh, we're going to start with our Old Testament reading, which is from the book of Isaiah. It's chapter 6 and verses 1 to 8. It was in the year King Isaiah died that I saw the Lord. He was sitting on a lofty throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Attending him were mighty seraphim, each having six wings. With two wings they covered their faces. With two they covered their feet, and with two they flew. They were calling out to each other, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of heaven's armies. The whole earth is filled with his glory. Their voices shook the temple to its foundations, and the entire building was filled with smoke. Then I said, It's all over. I am doomed, for I am a sinful man. I have filthy lips. I live amongst a people with filthy lips. Yet I have seen the king, the lord of heaven's armies. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a burning coal he had taken from the altar with a pair of tongs. He touched my lips with it and said, See, this coal has touched your lips. Now your guilt is removed and your sins are forgiven. 
Then I heard the Lord asking, Whom should I send as a messenger to this people? Who will go for us? I said, Here I am. Send me. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And our gospel reading is from John chapter 3, verses 1 to 17. There was a man named Nicodemus, a Jewish religious leader who was a Pharisee. After dark one evening he came to speak with Jesus. Rabbi, he said, we all know that God has sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. What do you mean? exclaimed Nicodemus. How can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So don't be surprised when I say, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it wants. Just as you can hear the wind, but can't tell where it comes from or where it is going. So you can't explain how people are born of the Spirit. How are these things possible? Nicodemus asked. Jesus replied, you are a respected Jewish teacher, and yet you don't understand these things? I assure you, we tell you what we know and have seen, and yet you won't believe our testimony. But if you don't believe me when I tell you about earthly things, how can you possibly believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ever gone to heaven and returned, but the Son of Man has come down from heaven. And as Moses lifted up the bronze snake on a pole in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, so that everyone who believes in him will have eternal life. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God sent his Son into the world not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So as we come to listen to God as he speaks through his word to us, uh, let's pray. Let's ask for his help. Almighty God, we praise you for your word and for the gift of your Holy Spirit to interpret it and lead us into your truth. Would you fill us again with your life and your strength to hear your voice speaking to our hearts. Amen. So, uh, it's Trinity Sunday. I'm just going to check that my mobile phone isn't going to ping while we talk. Uh, it's Trinity Sunday. Last week was Pentecost Sunday. Uh, I don't normally follow Twitter very much, but there was an encouraging message on there for anyone preaching this weekend and it just said because even though it is trinity sunday it doesn't mean you have to explain the trinity so uh, given that i'm not going to try to explain the trinity but i am going to talk about it uh, our readings are about uh, seeing god in all of his glory all of his fullness uh, and the christian belief is that uh, god is uh, is one God but in three parts Father, Son and Holy Spirit 
So let's take a look at our readings and then have a think about what this might mean for us. Uh, certainly in uh, Isaiah, you have this vision of God, which just gets across the majesty and the glory of God. You have uh, he this vision of God sitting on a throne and the train of his robe fills the temple. There are angels there that that their voices shake the temple as they call out, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of heaven's army. Uh, there is this sense of the power of God. Uh, and Isaiah sees this uh, for himself. And of course, he immediately panics. Anyone through the Bible who sees something of the divine, sees an angel, uh, sees something of God's glory, generally the response is fear. The response is, I can't cope. And Isaiah is the same. Isaiah says, I'm doomed. I'm, I'm not clean. I'm not holy. I'm not worthy of being in the presence of a God like this. And there is no hope for me. And then you have this, this image of one of the coals from the altar being brought with a pair of tongs by an angel and touching his lips. And they're just saying, well, now your lips are clean because you've been touched by God. That sense of this almighty God has mercy to cleanse and forgive us from, from those things that would make us hide away. Those things would make us say, we can't, we can't be near God. We can't, we can't do this. God forgives that. God takes that away. And then you have this this snapshot at the end of, of Isaiah overhearing God. God saying, we need to send someone to talk to this people. Who shall we send? And Isaiah's voice going, here I am. Send me. And of course we have that in, our, uh, in a hymn that we sing. Uh, but it's just that I love Isaiah goes from fear to receiving forgiveness from God and and daring to put himself forward and saying, God, please use me. Let me let me go. Now, uh, I love Isaiah six, but is it about the Trinity? It's about God's glory. It's about God's majesty. It's about who God is and what Isaiah saw. Um, but there's only one. There is only one Lord. There is one God seated on the throne okay so let's take the glory of God and Isaiah's vision and let's go to uh, John chapter 3 and Nicodemus uh, a religious teacher a Pharisee coming to meet with Jesus uh, at night coming to see him when it's dark now uh, it's worth noting as uh, I always do when we look at John chapter 3 that throughout the gospel of John Light and dark is a huge thing. Uh, God is light. God is in the light. Uh, and the, the world is darkness. The darkness wants to overcome the light, but it can't. So Nicodemus coming at night shows where he is. It shows that Nicodemus is still in the dark. He's groping around. He has not come to the light. He's not willing to come and see Jesus 
during the day uh, in the sight of other people. I, if you think Nicodemus begins the conversation saying, Rabbi, we all know that God has sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. Well, if that's the case, if everyone knows it, why is he hiding? Why is he coming when it's dark and no one can see? And so you have this lovely exchange where Jesus just <coughs> confuses Nicodemus and just says to him things that, that we look and we take as read. But Nicodemus is baffled. What, what is this rabbi talking about? Jesus replies, I tell you the truth, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus is like, bah, 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 that, that, that doesn't make sense. How can someone who's old go back to his mother's womb and be born again? It doesn't work. God says, well, you have to be born of water and the spirit. Humans give birth to human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. And so you have this sense of the breadth of God coming in, where Jesus is talking about God's spirit. God is he's talking about um, that which we cannot see, but which shakes the trees uh, and which we can hear and see evidence of all around us. The Holy Spirit gives people new life. You have to be born of, of water. You have to be born as a, as a human, but you need to be born spiritually of the Holy Spirit as well. Uh, and of course, for Nicodemus, it doesn't make sense. All he can say is, how are these things possible? And um, I imagine from his point of view, there's a little bit of distress, a little bit of upset that he's recognised that Jesus is from God. He's recognised that Jesus is a, a divinely inspired teacher and someone that he can learn from. But instead of being given the teaching that he's after, he's being told that, what he wants he can't get he can't organize he can't make it happen he's got to rely on something that he he can't see and doesn't know now bear in mind when we talk about the spirit of god all through the old testament the spirit of god comes on a particular person for a particular task so through the book of judges the spirit of god comes on samson and he has the strength and he fights uh, the spirit of god comes upon saul and suddenly he begins prophesying. Um, the Holy Spirit comes to empower someone for a task, and then it leaves. There is that sense of you know, one person may carry the anointing of God, and that is it. Now, we live post-Pentecost, uh, and we are used to, well, we've just heard uh, in, most re in last week, Peter saying, uh, this is what the prophet Joel meant when he said, I will pour out my spirit on all peoples, says the Lord. So we have this sense of Holy Spirit being for everyone and in everyone. But for Nicodemus, that's not true. God's anointed is filled with God's spirit. Not, not everyone, not an ordinary person like him. That, how can that be? That makes no sense. And he says so, leaving Jesus to say, you are a respected teacher. And you don't understand these things. How? How are you going to teach anyone else about them? And then we have uh, the line that we all know. 
For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but will have eternal life. God sent his son to the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. So you have God sending the son to save the world and the Holy Spirit coming and bringing new life to those who believe in Jesus. And so we have this amazing God that Isaiah has a vision of. Uh, And in John 3, we have this sense of that God being Father, Son and Spirit, working together, working in harmony, different jobs, distinctive roles, um, but interdependent, relying on each other. None of them can do without any of the others. And of course, Nicodemus can't get down this. Now, it's worth noting, uh, although it's part of our reading, that uh, there is grace for Nicodemus. Uh, We see him at the end of the gospel coming with Joseph of Arimathea to collect Jesus' body and to take it and put it into a tomb. So Nicodemus, by the end, has clearly found his way into the light, into those who are following Jesus. Um, It's just this is the passage that we associate with him more. Um, I'm sure he has something to say about that, but um, we'll deal with that when we see him in heaven. But we have this Trinitarian God, this creator, saviour and sustainer. This, this, oh, God in three, which we can't understand. Now, where do we go with this? Apart from being grateful that Father God has saved us by the Son and given us new life by his Holy Spirit. What does this mean for us? Well, for me, uh, what I love from our passages is the fact that Isaiah wrote down his vision. There is something about our understanding of God which is enriched because Isaiah was given a vision of God in his temple and he wrote it down. And he said, in this year, the year that King Isaiah died, I saw the Lord and he wrote it down and it's been preserved for thousands of years for us to know this was what Isaiah saw. Now, in the book of Daniel, we have a different picture of God. Jesus uses different metaphors when he describes Father God. In fact, when he describes the Holy Spirit in this passage, he talks about the wind blowing through the trees. So my question to you is, Uh, have you had a vision of God? Uh, If you haven't, then you join a club that I'm part of. But I know people who have had a vision of Jesus. And they're part of St. James. So I love that there are people amongst our community who, as they have prayed, as they have walked with Jesus, God has given them glimpses of who he is. Um of what he is like so i I don't want to name people uh, because i don't want to make people feel awkward Uh, but you will know who you are the fact is when we share those testimonies, when we share those stories it lifts people's faith it lifts people's spirits that um, you're not crazy believing in god other people have these spiritual experiences where something of the truth of the Bible is made clear to them in a way they couldn't 
make happen by themselves. And we hear that and we we hear the, the picture of Jesus that they saw. And that becomes part of our enlarged understanding of who God is. If in the Bible we only had Isaiah chapter 6, we would have a very particular view of God. If we only had John chapter 3, we would have a different picture of God. And so what we need is all these different pictures. And we put them together and we continue to expand and grow our knowledge and understanding of who God is. What it means that God sent his only son, God sent himself to live as a person, filled with God's spirit. And then to sacrifice himself, then to be killed for us. Just there's so much mystery in that. If you look at the cross and Jesus on the cross shouting, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And you just think for a moment that Jesus, the son, has left the father in heaven, but constantly communicates with him in prayer and from his baptism is filled with the Holy Spirit, is filled with the spirit of God, by which power he performs his miracles. At the cross, Father God turns away. At the cross, God is separated from God. That, you know, we think about the physical pain and suffering, but I I can only think about uh, the pain of being separated to parts of the Trinity, having something driven between them, And what that must have felt like for Jesus as he was dying. And for Father God as he turns away, as he um, allows sin to be punished. Taking it on himself, taking it on the Son. This is a mystery. This is so hard to understand. And yet, as Richard Raw says, the Trinity is uh, a mystery that we can endlessly understand. We can can grow in our understanding. We can uh, have more of God revealed to us as we explore this. And part of that is that we understand more of God as we learn from each other. We are all filled with God's Holy Spirit. We are all made in the image of God. And so we hear from each other what God means to each one of us. And through hearing that, we are taught. We grow, we learn. Now, at St. James, we are blessed. Even when it doesn't feel like it, we are blessed with our different communities, our different cultures, our different languages. If, If you were to look at the songs we sing, you would see that there are different emphases in our different services. As we sing different songs, they they have, at four o'clock, we mostly sing about uh, the victory of God, who he is, what he has achieved, and the life we live now in his strength and his power. At 1.30, we have so many songs saying thank you, reflecting on, 
what God has done for us, what, is, what he has done, and our gratitude and our response. At 11 o'clock, we have songs where um, we draw close to God, where we recognise that he has opened a way for us to come and stand in his presence. At nine o'clock back when we could sing, we would sing hymns filled with biblical truth about who God is, what he is like, what his character is, uh, and what it means for us to follow him in our everyday lives. Now, are any of those uh, wrong? Of course not. But are any of those the only right way to approach God in worship? Also, no. But as we worship in our different languages and cultures, we are representing something of the whole nature of God. Now, you know, I've talked about those people who have had a, uh, a vision of God. Um, I just wanted to share my own experience so that you could understand um, where I'm coming from when we talk about God, the Holy Spirit, and something of my story. And I, some of you will have heard me sharing this before. But when I was a teenager, I went on a venture uh, like the ones that Sandra Hall uh, volunteers on. And we would play games and we'd go on uh, trips during the day. And in the evening, we would listen to the gospel. We'd listen to people talking about how Jesus died for us. And I would go every year. And after a couple of years, they realised there were a few of us who went every year. And we'd prayed the prayer. We were Christian. We believed. We went to church. And so they started organising Bible studies for us to help us develop our faith and to grow. And uh, then they started organising sort of worship services that were more about us coming close and singing to God together. And I can remember one of these. We sang the song, um, All Heaven Declares the Glory of the Risen Lord, Who Can Compare with the Beauty of the Lord. And it has the line in it, um, forever he will be the lamb upon the throne. I gladly bow the knee and worship him alone. And we were standing there and singing this. And the thought occurred to me as we were singing it. I'm standing up. I'm singing. I gladly bow the knee. But I'm standing up. I should kneel down. No one else is kneeling down. Uh, if I kneel down, that's going to look weird, isn't it? I shouldn't kneel down. But and we sang this, we sang this chorus down through um, three or four times. So by the third time, the voice, the, the discussion in my head is getting slightly ridiculous. Like I should kneel down. It's like, but I can't. People are watching. They were not watching. They're doing something else. But they might see. Well, who cares if they see? You're singing. I bow the knee, and you're standing up. Oh, but what? What does it matter if I kneel down? Does God mind if I kneel down? Does wonder? Anyway, by the time we got to the the last verse, uh, something in me just gave way, and I knelt down, and I sang the last verse, kneeling on the floor, um, singing, "I gladly bow the knee and worship you alone." Uh, and as I knelt there, I just felt a, a, an odd warm tingling feeling in my hands and in my chest and I just felt an overwhelming sense of joy 
there was no no words, no particular image or thought. I just felt so happy. Uh, and a few others had a, a similar experience. Uh, and in all honesty, we were a nightmare for the rest of that week because we were bouncing off the walls. There's a sense that God loved us and he was with us and it was real and everything was great and yay! Um, I mean, this was me when I was 14. I was very bouncy when I was 14. Um, and I remember the rest of that week, the leads desperately trying to say to us, it won't always be like this. This is not what, how the Christian life always is. You need to be prepared for things to to settle down. It's like, yeah, fine, God's great, God's with us, God loves us. Um, and the, the truth is, my relationship with God has been marked by my sense that he is real because when I bowed, when I knelt before him, I felt diff- I felt him with me. And actually that joy and that peace was something that that I wanted and I wanted to feel it again and I wanted to know it again. And so therefore I tried to learn more about it and I tried to find out how other people uh, met with God. How were they filled with the spirit? What did that look like? Uh, and so I would do more of that. Now, say that's my experience and it's different to other people's experience. But as we hear each other's experiences, for me, our faith grows because we're reminded that God is real. You're not the only person who follows Jesus. You're not the only person who's had an experience of praying and feeling different while you were praying or having a sense of, of, of God being with you or a peace that didn't quite make sense with your circumstances. And the more we hear from other people, the better, the, the stronger our faith becomes. Now, as a PCC, we looked at the theology of the Trinity, uh, I think about three years ago now, um, coming out of uh, something uh, Joyce Holiday, uh, well, felt God was saying to her as she prayed, uh, that sense of God being three parts that are equal, that are interdependent, that need each other, uh, that are different, but all have the same value. And the, the Father glorifies the Son, and the Son points to the Father and sends the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit teaches what the Son has shared with the Spirit and gives glory to the Father. There's that sense that every part of the Trinity loves the other parts of the Trinity. That this is this is God. God is community, God is love, God is uh, connection in that way. And at St. James, we might speak uh, English, we might speak Tamil, we might speak uh, Hindi or Gujarati. We are different, but we are equal. We are equally loved, we are equally valued, we are equally filled with God's spirit and God's love. The challenge for us is being brave enough to share with each other what we know of God and being humble enough to listen to what God has done in and through the other groups who are part of St. James. Ali and I speak to clergy on different occasions, different forums, uh, and there is always so much respect for the hard work members of St. James have done, making space for each other. 
giving other people space to worship, uh, allowing those people to, uh, space who would not worship the way that you would choose to worship yourself. That is godly. Celebrating what is different, celebrating what is part of you but not the same as you. That is what the Trinity does day by day by day. God is with us. He has poured out his Holy Spirit upon us so that we can be part of his work, revealing Jesus to the world. And so in the weeks to come, I just encourage you to think about ways you can share your story, uh, people that you could tell, even if it's just me and Ali, about how you've met with Jesus, how Jesus has spoken to you. But also, um, who you could ask about what God has done in them and through them. Who could you speak to? Who could you learn from? We have such an amazing privilege here to minister in this place amongst so many different people and to learn from them. Uh, as a church, some people were really courageous uh, this time last year after George Floyd died to share what it had been for them to live as uh, to live as black people to live as different uh, in another society and some of the pain that had gone with that sharing that was hard but we learned from it and I think we honoured something of uh, of God as we did it. It's really important that we love one another. And part of that is listening to each other, learning from each other and sharing ourselves with those who are not like us. In the weeks to come, we're going to look at 1 Peter and we're going to look at journeying together. Uh, those sermons can wait. I just wanted to say I'm so excited of what God is doing amongst us and to encourage you to be excited too uh, and to share from your own story and to share other people's stories when they offer them with you. Let's pray and thank God for all his gifts to us. Almighty God, thank you that you are three in one. You are Father, you are Son, you are Holy Spirit. Thank you that you are in us and we are in you. Lord, would you remind us of those times and places that you've revealed yourself to us? And would you give us courage to share those stories with each other? And would you give us grace to listen and learn from those who are not like us? We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, I'm off to join our annual church meeting and then to see uh, eight people be baptised in our baptistry. Uh, God is at work even through lockdown. Um, please stay safe, uh, stay in touch and know that God loves you. God bless. <laughs>